This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, help, better help. Now, is there something that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? You know, everybody who listens to Stop Self-Sabotage has something that they want for themselves that they are not getting because they feel that they're frustrated or they wouldn't be listening. They want more. And personally, when I first became a therapist, I went into therapy because I was so hurt in an emotional relationship. And I wanted to repair that. And BetterHelp is a place that you can do just that for yourself. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists as needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. One of them is Anthony wrote, Karen is great. She's attentive, gives great advice, and really makes you think about your issues so you can resolve them in a fashion where you are comfortable. Visit betterhelp.com slash S-S-S, that's better H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, they are now recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. We have a special offer for you. For Stop Self-Sabotage listeners, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com dot com slash SSS. As a therapist myself, I can't recommend them more sincerely. Go online, talk to them. They will be very attentive to your needs and they will get you the help you want. This period of time in world history and in our personal histories from the pandemic to the recent scares and fears of European um, issues have left people traumatized. Let me define what trauma is. Trauma is any experience that leaves you with um, a feeling of anxiety, of, of being worried, of being uh, acutely or chronically uh, in a bad place. So what we're going to look at and I'm going to chat with here today, is how all of us who have some level of post-traumatic stress syndrome, PTSD, we've heard about it. Mostly we've heard about it in relationship to men coming back from war or something horrible happening in front of you, which can be like the 
first responders um, and and other events that um, ongoing abuse. We've heard about it in those scenarios. But I believe as a culture, as a people, we are experiencing levels of PTSD that we have never seen before. So we're going to talk today about how to turn that around. Now, before we say anything more, I've got to say as a practicing therapist that if you are having real um, horrible struggles with this, like recurrent nightmares, inability to sleep, anxiety attacks, feeling anxious all the time, that you need to go to your doctor. You need to get medical help. I'm speaking today as a psychotherapist, as a person who has treated literally hundreds and hundreds of people. And I believe that simple techniques can help us in our daily lives. And understanding what all this anxiety is about is part of it. You know, there's a great book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. It was written by a friend of mine named Susan Jeffers, who regrettably is deceased. But in her book, she talks about how when we feel fear, what is happening the, uh, on a very deep level is the bottom, if we scratch through all the fears, the fears of war, the fears of getting sick, the fears of uh, never finding the right relationship, the fears of being unhealthy, whatever our fears are, if we scratch it all the way down, what we find is the fear really is, I can't handle it. Let me just say that again. The fear truly is, whatever the event, whatever the situation, I can't handle it. And so if we have an ability to understand that we can handle these situations, we can keep our control, we can keep ourselves stable and mentally fit as we go through it, then the fear reduces tremendously. So how do we handle it? That's really the question, right? Well, first of all, we have to own the feelings that we have. Let me go back to one of the things we have to understand. We have to understand, number one, that our feelings, which are creating the anxiety, the frustration, the worry, our feelings are things we can be in charge of. We can't control them. We can't totally make them go away. We can't think over them, which is what everybody wants to do. We just want to say, oh, well, just think differently and you won't feel bad. Well, that's not true. That's not true. Number one premise to accept, feelings are facts. They're not up for debate, although we debate them all the time. If you're mad, you're mad. If you're sad, you're sad. If you're anxious, you are anxious. Now, the reasons for those feelings are something that we can explore and dive deeper into, but just their existence needs to be accepted. So number one, feelings are facts. Number two, feelings have only one or, uh, or two ways to be expressed. They either go inside of us or they go outside, in or out. So I either swallow my feelings of anxiety in a social situation and end up 
having been nauseous and having my stomach be upset, or I swallow my feelings of being angry at my parent for saying something inappropriate to me. Um, So I can either take them inside, which isn't the best place to put them, by the way, because then then they become somaticized, which means they become part of your body. So the best way to handle feelings is to get them out of you. And how do you do that? Well, one way you do that is talking about them, finding a good friend, finding a, a religious a person that you're involved with, a priest, a minister, a rabbi, whoever, finding a therapist, but talking about what you feel has been proven over and over for a century to help reduce the anxiety of those feelings. Keeping them inside only magnifies it. And what they find, interestingly enough, is that there are places in the body that we store certain feelings. So sometimes my clients say, well, Pat, I don't know what I'm feeling, but I do know that I have chronic headaches or I have um, an upset stomach all the time. So we can trace some of the feelings back to the body uh, functioning. If you have chronic headaches, back aches, um, neck aches, then we're dealing with what we call the anger track of the body. Now, I'm not suggesting that um, you, you know, if you've had a an accident or if you've had any kinds of injury, that um, this may not apply. But what I'm saying is if you're, you know, functionally whole, feeling pretty good all the time, and then you get a horrible headache or horrible pain in your neck, then you can literally start asking yourself, who has become my pain in the neck or lower down? And we feel that lower down too. You also can be a pain in the ass, you know? So it's, it's, we feel the feelings in body parts that are impacted by that. So the back of our body is the anger track. When we're angry, we're going to have some of these chronic issues. The front of the body, the esophageal passage, is the softer part of the body. We talk about heartache when you break up and your heart literally aches. Your chest can ache. We talk about um, an upset stomach. I've been upset by a situation or I'm feeling scared and I take all that anxiety and I put it in my stomach. So where you're feeling your feelings is also indicative of what feeling it is. Um, So we're looking here at feelings. So feelings are either uh, they go in or they go out. We've got to get them out. We've got to express them and release them. So here's a three-step little process to remember that. You need to feel, deal, and heal. Feel, deal, heal. Feel is to accept the feelings that you have, not to cover them up, not to pretend they're going to go away, not to overeat or overdrink or over anything to get over, to get over them because they won't, that won't work. Those feelings will still be there. And now you'll have another problem. So accept it, except I feel anxious, except I'm worried about, you know, uh, my life and what's happening in the world and, and the trauma that I've experienced. 
So accept it, number one, feel it, you know, talk, um, that's number one. Number two, deal, uh, deal with it. Deal with it means, like I said before, you need to express it. It has to get out of you. Negative feelings kept inside of you just ferment and they become more and more awful. So we need to express it in a healthy way. You know, in those ways I talked about a friend, a minister, rabbi, you know, close relative, whoever it is that will listen non-judgmentally and let you vent. So dealing with it is venting. It's getting it out, saying, I can't take it anymore. And, um, and having maybe a meltdown, not forever, but for a short period of time, people tell me, I don't want to cry because I'll never stop. Well, not true. You will stop. And at, at the point that you stop, you will feel better. Why? Because you've released some of that tension. It's gone. And now you can start in the third step, which is deal. Deal with the anxiety. Deal with the problem. Deal with whatever's getting in your way. And there's a lot of ways to do that. And we've talked about a lot of those. But with trauma and with a, a level of PTSD, one of the best therapies to use is called cognitive behavioral therapy. It was started by Albert Ellis way back in the, I think, 40s or 50s. And it's now evolved into a therapy in which you look at your beliefs, you look at what's traumatizing you, and you ask yourself some specific questions about it so that you can help yourself move through it. We'll do a whole session on cognitive behavioral therapy, but I just want you to know that it's the leader in helping people with some level of PTSD. The other therapeutic process that's very helpful, it's called EMDR. And it has to do with uh, eye desensitization. And they use a um, they use a technique in which they help you think of the event and then by eye movements, desensitize yourself from the event. And it can be it can be just a common event. It can be a breakup. It can be a car crash. It doesn't have to be a major horrible, life-changing event. It can be anything that you feel stuck by. So what we're looking at is trauma and getting out of trauma. And we also have to realize that there, that the grief stages apply in trauma. Um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross was a psychiatrist. Many of you know about her. She, many years ago, came up with um, the stages of grief. And she said that anytime you experience a loss, and it doesn't have to be a major loss, it can be a loss, um, it can be any kind of loss of a job, of a friend, of a, um, of, you know, anything, a, a beloved pet, uh, an object that you really uh, hold sentimentally. I, uh, I told my friends, I said, I'm in grief because I'm, I'm uh, grieving size six. I will never be there again. But that's still a loss, you know. Age, getting older can be lost for some uh, people. So as you look at loss, anything that you feel that you have lost, 
you are going to go through the grief stages, right? What are they? Number one, denial. You deny that it's a problem. Nah, it's okay. I'll get over it. You know, it's all right. I don't care if I put on a few pounds and I can't get in my clothes anymore, whatever it is. You brush it off. Denial. You deny that it is something that's bothering you. Number two, bargaining. You bargain. You say, okay, I'm going to do this. And if I do this, then that won't happen. So you try to get yourself out of the grief by bargaining. And you know that uh, kids are great at this. I mean, kids uh, bargain all the time, uh, young ones. They, they say, mom, I want a dog. And you say no. And they say, okay, well, and they start to go into the loss and they start to bargain. Well, I'll walk him every night. I'll take care of the, uh, his little bag and I'm going to be responsible. And they try to negotiate their way out of what they perceive to be a loss of not getting a puppy dog. And sometimes they win. And if they win, if they win the negotiation, if they win the bargaining, then the grief stops. If you win the bargaining, then the grief stops. If you want to um, bargain your way out of um, feeling bad that you put on pounds, you lose the pounds and then you're out of the loss. But let's say it doesn't work. Let's go on further then. The next stage in uh, grief is anger, right? And anger is just that. You're angry. And you need to protest and get out your anger. And many times when I'm working with people, I'll have them stand up and, and uh, take their fist and shake it and say things like, I'm so sick of this or stop it or I hate what you're doing. But loud, strong protests of whatever it is that's getting in the way of their happiness. So getting the anger out is a way to fight any kind of incipient depression. Because depression, which is the next stage, these can be reversed a little bit. Depression is anger turned inward. It's the lack of expression. When you're depressed, things are flat. You don't care anymore. You don't have a lot of joy. You aren't being riveted up any anymore to go out there and make things happen. And so you are struggling inside yourself with those feelings of just doesn't matter. I've kind of given up. And that isn't where we want to live. Next stage in grief is sadness. And when you're sad, you need to do what is obvious. And that is cry. Have a good old fashioned cry. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. And it helps release those pent up feelings in your chest, in your stomach. All that kind of anxiety can be released with letting yourself have a good, uh, a cry. And the last stage is resolution. That means that you come to some peace with the loss, whatever the loss happens to be whatever the trauma happens to be, you come to some peace with it inside yourself and you forgive yourself and you forgive them if there's a them out there to forgive, or maybe you just forgive the world events. You forgive all the trauma that's out there and you choose kindness and compassion instead. And you send that out rather than anger and frustration 
Because believe me, kindness and compassion and the thoughts about that are much easier on the body than depression, anger, sadness, and sometimes even hatred. So what we want to do is we want to have this little toolkit to get through the trauma. So your toolkit is going to have a number of different practices in it. One practice, of course, can be any form of meditation. We've all read about it. It's all, um, it's about calming the mind, bringing yourself into a, um, an awareness of your body, of your breath. And any meditation you choose is going to be helpful. So that's one practice. Another practice that I want to give to you right now that you can do in the moment that you are feeling anxious. And I love to work with people with this practice because it's so helpful. Is that, let's say you're having an anxiety moment. I want you to sit in a chair. Okay. Make sure your bottom is firm in the chair. And then I want you to push into your feet, just push down into your feet. And I want you to close your eyes. And as you're doing that, I want you to take three really deep breaths. Inhale and exhale and push into your feet as you do that. Inhale and exhale and push into your feet. And inhale and long exhale and really push into your feet. Now that's a process that is going to make you feel less anxious. Why? Because anxiety brings you up in your body. You go to, you start panning. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh, what's going to happen? I don't know. And your thoughts can get wild and, and you can literally, you know, feel like you're being, um, run around and topsy turvy. So anxiety is too much energy, too much thought, too much, um, stress on the system, if you will. If you think about it, you're just pumping way too much energy into your body and you can't handle it. So what do you do with an electrical wire? Well, if it's, you know, got a lot of energy in it, you make sure it's grounded. It's the same thing with your body. When you push down in your feet and you exhale, the most important in that is the exhale, long exhale. And you can do it, you know, 10 times. You don't have to do it three times, but you just <sighs> exhale out all that excess energy, pushing into your feet. You will come away feeling clearer, more focused, and the, um, the anxiety will uh, release. Now, may not stay that way. You may get some more back. I understand that. But this is a technique that you can do all day as long as you have a chair. That's it. It's not medicine. It's not, it's not any form of uh, drugs. Uh, it's not any form of um, 
of anything else. It is just breathing and it's helping you feel in control of the anxiety and trauma that we're all experiencing. Another practice that I like is the practice of going to a safe place. Now, this is something I've used. Um, it's basically self-hypnosis. And I've used it um, for people who are going into surgery. My husband just had shoulder surgery, and he was anxious about it, as everybody is about surgery. And I taught him this technique, and he helped himself a lot um, to, re- to reduce his anxiety while he was going under anesthesia. And there's a lot of research that shows how you go into surgery really helps if you go in relaxed, grounded, not as anxious, and helps you come out much easier with better results and a quicker recovery. So here's how it goes, okay? You see yourself getting into an elevator. You're on the 10th floor, and you hit the button It says one. And as you get on the elevator, you are going down floor by floor. So you see nine, eight, seven. You're feeling more and more relaxed, more and more comfortable. You're letting go of your stress. You're letting go of any negative feelings. Six, five, four, three, just all systems are releasing. You're breathing very deeply. It's feeling, you're feeling good. You're in control of your breathing. You're seeing positive outcomes for whatever it is that's stressing you. So you're on three and you go to two and you go to the first floor and that door opens to the first floor And you walk out of the elevator and you walk into your absolute most favorite place. Now, this can be a place that you know that you go to every day, like your bedroom and your your cuddly bed, or it can be somewhere that you fantasize. It can be an island in the Pacific with gorgeous beaches and gentle winds and lovely ocean. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. It's where you feel the most comfort. So you walk into that space, the elevator's open and you're in it. And you find somewhere to sit down, either in a chair or just sitting on a beach or whatever it is. And as you're sitting, you sit there and you see whatever is troubling you, whatever the worry is, you see it being handled. I can handle this. I choose to feel good about my actions. I choose to believe that everything will turn out fine. I choose to feel happy in this moment. Whatever it is you need to say to yourself, but use the words, I choose. Because when you say I choose, it activates a part of your brain that puts you in the driver's seat, that makes you feel that you can handle things, that you aren't being overwhelmed by the events of 
of the world or of a friend or of a loved one or of your own medical issues. I choose. So breathe very deeply. Push your feet into the sand or into the ground, wherever you are. Exhale. And predict a positive outcome. I choose to see myself fully recovered and having a great time using my shoulder. I choose not to be in pain. Whatever it happens to be. I've used this technique many times when I've had to have some kind of surgery. It never fails. Never fails in surgery and it never fails in in life. And as I said, trauma is everywhere. We our job is to handle it and to believe that we can handle it and to predict not a negative outcome but a positive outcome. And the more we predict a positive outcome, the better we're going to feel and the more energized in a productive way our cells and our body are going to feel. There's a wonderful book. If you haven't read it, you should. It's called The Biology of Belief. And it's by a man who was a scientist, raised scientifically. And he has actually proven down to the cellular level that your cells absorb what you believe. So keeping yourself in a positive mental environment is as important as eating healthy food, exercising, uh, breathing deeply, all the good things in life. And because it enriches and keeps your cells healthy and productive. And to get through all the trauma that all of us are experiencing in our personal lives, in the world, everywhere, we need to have a positive mental outlook. We've been talking about how to handle trauma and how to handle your feelings as we go through these very worrisome days and weeks and years. One of the ways that we want to heal trauma is to find something new and exciting to do. And we're going to spend the next several sessions looking at becoming a business person, um, either going from corporate to being an entrepreneur or as an entrepreneur, enhancing your business, but all the ways that women um, and minority women, as well as, as and, and any other woman, can en enhance and enrich themselves. So make sure you listen to the next couple sessions. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I really do. Um, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying meeting new people and interviewing people and getting different perspectives. But what I really miss is connecting with you directly. So I've been thinking about that. thought, how can I do that? How can I make that happen? Because if you've been listening, you probably have some questions about what self-sabotage is as it applies to you. So this connection is going to happen. This is how it's going to go. Um, I'm going to give an online Zoom seminar on Saturday, May 14th. 
That's Saturday, May 14th, 1 o'clock Eastern Time, 12 o'clock Central Time, 11 Mountain, and 10 Pacific. So whatever time zone you're in, those are the those are the times. It's for two hours, and we are going to deal with every question that you have. We're going to talk about in the seminar how you can get the answers to the self-sabotage behaviors that may be bugging you, such as, how come I don't have a relationship I want? Why aren't I making the money I truly would like to make? Or why am I not advancing in my career? And why isn't this weight falling off? All these different questions that have to do with your internal belief system, your level of self-esteem, your level of self-confidence, and permission from your past. Those go into making up what you believe you deserve. And if you don't believe you deserve it, you won't let yourself have it. You won't even go after it. Or if you achieve it, the health, the weight, the relationship, and you don't believe you deserve it, you will throw it away. We're going to look in this seminar, this two-hour seminar, that's going to have me presenting all these different answers, taking questions from you directly and answering those. All those different things are going to be looked at. And the strategies that you get into, settling for less, denial, resignation, giving up before you start, all these different sabotage strategies that you may be living. We're going to turn it around and we're going to give you an answer, an answer that you will really enjoy and hopefully implement into your life. So you're thinking, okay, well, this sounds kind of good. You know, I'm going to get two hours of connection and and um, talking. So it's going to be a lot of money. Nope. Uh-uh. Not going to do that. It is $49.95. That's it. And believe me, if you had two hours of therapy, it would be a whole lot more than that. So this one-time seminar on May 14th is $49.95. If you have any interest in knowing more, I want you to email me at pat, P-A-T, then the letter P, pat, P, at, then put at, pat, again, pearson.com. It's a tough one. People, it's hard for people to get this. Let me go over it again. Pat P at Pat Pearson, P-E-A-R-S-O-N. It's my last name, dot com. Pat P, Pat Pearson.com, May 14th, two hours for the very, very minimal price of $49.95. Email me your interest and we will connect and we will tell you how to go go forward. If you get a group of 10, we'll make it even less. So anything is possible. You deserve more in your life. And this is one of the answers and how to get it. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.